John, John, John. Hey, I, hey, man. Hey. Hey, this is your agent. I'm getting these numbers back from Pulp Fiction. My God. You're on fire. They're talking Oscar. They're talking. This is this is unbelievable, man. This is amazing. Travolta's back, baby. <laughs> All right. Travolta's back. All those people who are talking that welcome back, Cotter shit. You can tell them welcome back to the bank. You're back at the top of the that's, box office where you belong. That's right. That's right, baby. <laughs> Look who's talking now. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So Look, I, I just wanna I just wanted to get in touch with you because you know people are calling me, scripts are coming my way, everybody's yeah, asking baby. what what what's Travolta gonna do next? So tell me, what is it that you yeah, wanna baby. do? Oh, I don't know. I don't know. You know, my, I was talking to my man Quinn. Okay, <laughs> okay. A, you know, he's always got the ideas. Yeah. And and I was thinking, we were talking, and uh he's got a movie that, you know, shuffling around somewhere and he's talking about doing it. It's called uh <laughs> it's called White Man's Burden. Hope. Okay, okay. Hope. Tell, tell me more. Okay, so it's the burden of the white man, right? But guess what? Guess what? In this world, in this world, the race roles are switched. Okay. So the black guys are the white guys, and the white guys are the black guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so, yeah. So wait, you're the black. You're the black guy. You got it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, who is what if, what if, is Quentin directing this movie? No, he's nowhere near it. <laughs> yeah. Is he is he writing this movie? No, nowhere near it. <laughs> Uh, also, what's happening with your voice? You know, I'm working on the accent, or you know, the black set. <laughs> They're gonna love it. I'm working on the accent for the movie, man, because I'm playing a black guy, so I gotta, you know, be a black guy. Hold on, hold on. Oh. Let me uh, let me test one out on you. Let me test one out on you. Okay. 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 I'm I'm disciplining my kids in this scene. Mm -mm. Okay. Get back in the car. What I say? What I? What I say, get back in the car. Oh. <laughs> yeah, what do you think, man? What do you think? <laughs> uh, you know, that's actually not bad. That's pretty good. You said white man's burden? Yeah, white man's burden, but I'm the black guy. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I can see it now. Let's do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's print this money, baby. <laughs> Yo, right. <laughs> You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. Everybody, welcome to White People Won't Save You. Uh, I'm your co-host, Jordan Clark. And I'm Cameron Mason. Uh, and this is the podcast where we deconstruct the white savior trope in film and recontextualize uh, blackness and people of color uh, in those spaces. Because, my God, these movies, and specifically this fucking movie, <laughs> back, back, we're doing these back to back. Last episode was Green Book. This episode is White Man's Burden because they are like, not even twins, but just like uh, a foul offspring of like the worst of the worst of like this type of thinking. The worst of enabled white thinking has to offer. It's it's wild. This is okay. This so, is what happens. This is what happens when white people say yes to other white men, and no one <laughs> says no. No one along the way says no. Like, how did this movie get made and no one along the way was like, no, I don't like that? Look. Or to anything about it. Before we get, get into it, because I think 
if people do not know what we are talking about, there is a movie that was made in 1995 called White Man's Burning, which stars Tron Travolta and Harry Belafonte in a in a world yes, that that Harry Belafonte that Harry Belafonte in a in a world where quote unquote the roles are reversed and Cameron has the like the the DVD we had to get a DVD I had to ship him the DVD uh for this one so we could so we could share in this experience um but Cameron I want you to read the back of the box so that people can really understand what we're talking about all right can I do my um my best Don LaFontaine oh yeah get it all right here we go from the producer of Pulp Fiction comes a movie that will shatter the way you see the world. Set in a time where color roles have been reversed, where prejudice keeps the white man in his place. This is a different America. This is the world of white man's burden. John Travolta stars as Louis Pinnock, a poor man of the ghetto, struggling to support his wife, Kelly Lynch, and their children. But when he loses his factory job at the whim of its owner, Harry Bell, yes, that Harry Belfonte, Pinnock snaps under the pressure and decides to fight back the only way he knows how. With nothing left to lose, Pinnock decides to take on the system that by taking on the factory owner. But the fight he will have to finish may cost him more than his job was ever worth. White man's burden will change the way you see the world forever. What the fuck? Yeah, yeah. I mean, what the what? fuck? <laughs> what the what fuck? is happening? So as you as you heard, right, this is a movie that stars John Travolta. This is literally the next movie he makes after Yes, Pulp Fiction. it's the very next movie he made. Like, came back after this is John Travolta before he's doing they like, went to Cannes they went to the Cannes Film Festival they won the prize they came back he was like you know what I gotta do next you know what I gotta do he's he's this is it right like he was doing the look who's talking movies and it was kind of like John Travolta has settled into basically you know like he's never going to reach the heights that he once had he's kind of like an afterthought in Hollywood um, and he does Pulp Fiction, and people are like, whoa, wait a minute, like, Travolta, like, gotta get him back in these movies, we need him to come, and this is the beginning of the, the Travolta-sance, where he, like, goes on and has this run in the 90s, he's doing all those, you know, action movies, and, like, some comedies, and, like, all kinds of stuff. Well, like, Broken Arrow, he's done doing a lot of stuff in the 90s, actually. Yeah, there's some weird, he does, like, Michael. <laughs> I mean, Face Off comes after Michael, yeah. Yeah, he, he does Face Off. Uh, he does uh, Get Shorty uh, is a 96. Um, Primary Colors, like, he's out here. Yeah, no, he's he's in full demand. Like, everybody wants to work with Travolta after Pulp Fiction. Yeah. Uh, but it's, but the first thing he's got to do is White Man's Burn. <laughs> Which I like. We're, we're we're going to get into and describe what actually happens in this movie, but I I I swear you will not you do not understand what we're talking about until you see this movie for yourself because you you're have, not ready. You have to hear John Travolta's accent in this movie. I can't. We can we can mimic it as much as possible, but you have <laughs> to you have to hear it. You have to watch 
him do it. It's not just that. He uh, like the way that he's walking, like he's even whole, like it's he's, a performance. He's peacocking the neck sometimes. Like he's doing like wild stuff. Uh <laughs> and, and again, Harry Belafonte. Harry Belafonte, like one of the greatest black actors of all time, like I, I, an icon, an actual icon of yeah. activism, not only activism, but of his craft. Yes. Like, I need to know the number on the bag that they gave him because I do not understand anything else that would have convinced him to do this movie besides millions of dollars, plural, Multiple, millions. Multiple. <laughs> put, my house, put a house on my house. Yes. Put a house on my house. Like, the budget... I have to look at the. I think the budget yeah, was did. around like, uh, like seven million. Which uh, it, and it looks like a seven million dollar movie, honestly. Yeah, but like the seven million is like uh, what you paid. <laughs> it had to be, or at least like <laughs> at least three of it went to Belafonte. Yes, uh, because. Otherwise, I just I don't get how you convinced him to do this movie. And we're going to talk. I'll, I'll give this a little bit of this away now. But the featurette on the DVD is amazing to hear how they talk about this movie, because everybody involved, at least for that featurette, seems to be convinced that they have solved racism with this film. They have done it. Everyone's smiling. Everyone's smiling. Everyone's talking about it like, I think this is really going to turn some heads. I think this is really going to have people talking. Yes. Um, So let's... Were y'all even looking at the dailies? Like, I have no idea what anybody... There's no part of this movie that's good. There's no part of this movie that's good. There's no part of this movie that's good, but... but, uh, So, all right, before we get into it, because, like, here's the real key of this film and so many other things that I'm sure we're going to talk about, but it really gets to the heart of so many of these movies who thought this was a good idea, right? Like who heard this idea and thought that needs to be 89 minutes on film. We need to put money on this. People need to take time out of their lives to film this script because this has to be seen. It's, it's, I, I, I made a, I made a note of this. I made a note of this, honestly, because I was, I was really so taken aback with how, like half, half sighted this was, like how half baked the idea is. Because think about it. Okay, so this, this, like, this movie asked you to watch every scene in it and suppose that. That person has switched their race roles, their supposed race roles. So, you know, black people are notoriously living in uh, low-income housing. You know, not great jobs, um, not a great education system. So things like this, right? These are the lives that black people have lived in America. That this movie supposes, right? Yes. The problem, the crux, the like initial problem is like. Like, then if you're asking me to think that, if you're asking me to think that, like, Black people and white people have switched, then where did this, where did the subjugation begin, you know? Like, were white people minding their businesses in Africa before Black people came over with their boats? Like, Mm -hmm. did white people invent jazz? Like, 
was 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 George Washington some dude named Marcus Mobutu? Like, like what the fuck is up? I want to know where it started because it's like the movie just does it. Like they place you in the world and give you like a couple scenes where it's like, okay, so the cops are majority black, or like you know, uh, all the black people have nice houses and all the white people are like doing not so well. Like you know, they have to wear factory jobs or things like that. Base questions. But the movie doesn't give you the chance to like take the. I thought I honestly thought that the big reveal at the end of the movie was going to be oh like I don't know in some history book you would have saw white people in Africa or something like that like yeah. you know what I mean like the movie doesn't give you the chance to like put the pieces together to make the movie make sense for you instead it just plops you in the middle and says oh my god like all white people talk like. Josh Volta's accent in this movie, and like, like, because the they his mother, don't, they don't. But the, but the mother, remember the uh, like, uh, the mother, the mother-in-law, yeah, yeah, has like has a little accent too. She's doing a little something, but it's so she, she put a twang on that shit. It's so bizarre because John Travolta has made an extreme choice <laughs> coming into it's this extreme. movie to do this accent, where literally. Besides the mother-in-law, nobody is doing yeah. any. The black people aren't doing an accent; like they're just enunciating, I guess. If that's Which is also if, crazy anything. You hired Harry Belafonte, who was like an incredibly inc- accomplished and trained actor. Yeah. So his voice, his original cadence, like the the way he speaks, is already you're you're already asking you like you kind of done the work a little bit. Yeah. I see. I see what what the choice is there with. Belfonte, because you know he's uh, an accomplished and accredited person. You know, he yes. carries himself highly. So the way he speaks is already going to be, you know, it's already it's already going to have that affect that the director's probably going for, where a black sure. person is speaking eloquently and all of that using, you know, Look, using all of the parts of their mouth and tongue or whatever. Black people do Shakespeare. Like there's, you know, yeah. There you go. There you go. You know, like black people. I don't. I was trying to tiptoe around it, but you, yes. Look. Okay. So uh, let's 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 go let's go all the way back because I think you hit on the key point here. I got I got to do all the drops now because this is this is <laughs> this is where it's at. Uh, but um, hey, here's the hey. thing. <laughs> here's the thing. Uh. This is a this is a movie that gives you this big premise, right? It's on it's on all the marketing. It's on it's a high it's concept on the DVD. It's, it's giving film. you this thing where it's like, yo, imagine a world in which black people and white Man, people oh, switch places, and then doesn't do shit. It doesn't follows up with it in no discernible way. There's no answers. Whatsoever. There's nothing. It's just like. You get it, right? Okay, let's move on. You know, and and it's like, hold on a minute. If you're gonna give me this big idea, I need detail. I need definitive I need answers about what's going on because, like you there, said, there are core questions to your setup that leave me fucked up. There's these are the only possible scenarios that I can imagine. And it seems like none of these are what actually happened. So one, this takes place in a world in which everything happens the way that has already happened. And then at some point, black people 
became the majority. Terry Crews's worst nightmare, black supremacy happens. And all, and, and all of a sudden, we are now in a place where things flip-flopped, right? Right, 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 right. Bullshit, because that's, this is, this is, this is probably the most racist of all of the ideas because this is literally, this is literally what all the racist slave owners concocted up in their minds as an excuse to kill black people once they were no longer slaves, which was, oh shit, if they're free, they're going to do what we did to them. Right? Like that's the excuse. Like, of course, why would black people not turn around and do to us what we did to them for hundreds of years and yet when you look at for real for real history the second black people got free it was like oh bet okay let's just like mind our own fucking business mind our own fucking business (laughs) and open our own businesses and live our own fucking lives away from white people and then they're like, actually, no, you can't do that. We're going to bomb you and burn your towns down and murder you and kill your elected officials and all this other stuff. So it's like... It- Which is terrible because it's also <laughs> the same way shit plays out in this movie. Yes. After the, as I'm, like, he switched the roles and he didn't even do anything. Like, the same shit happens to Black people. Yes. It's not like they're calling Black people white people in this movie. Black people are Black people. They are just living their roles. Yes. So, so that's, but that's what's crazy about it. So like, why would black people, if all of a sudden we were given everything that white people have turn around and say, like people, the, the idea that supremacy is like alluring or like desired is great that's a very much a white supremacist ideology because like i don't want that it's not even that like oh man like wouldn't it be you know terrible to you know subjugate these people and all this stuff but it's just like but even you know aside from that like yes all of that is terrible but like but but why though you know like that i think that's the biggest concept right why why would we why was why is that a thing that you think black people want want to do to do (laughs) so and so the literally the movie out right out of the gate makes harry belafonte a racist not a racist, but uh, somebody who is like like a eugenicist, probably, like a eugen- yeah. Because <laughs> his liter- the first things out of his mouth are white people. They're they're unclean. They're less educated than us. They're less civilized. Like they're like genetically inferior. He says he says they're genetically inferior. Yeah, I'm like fam. So what? Because when you when you think about. And, and this is a thing that I guess white people just never think about, like what a world without slavery would have been. I doubt black people would have been like, you know what? Nobody's enslaving these people. Like we should probably get over to the new world and, no. and colonize this place. Like the idea, because that's the thing. So, so, okay. Black, because black people are great at minding their business. <laughs> so in the, in the, in the first premise, you have black people overtaking society economically and all yeah. these other ways. And they've decided that white people are going to get a taste of their own medicine. And we're going to do everything they've done to us back to them, et cetera, et cetera. Makes zero sense at all. Um, the second premise is like you were saying, 
this is history plays out exactly the same, except this is where I kind of lose the plot. Either white people are in Africa and black people are in Europe, but in the movie, there's like very specifically African like clothing and hairstyles and like yes. so it leads me to believe that black people, people were still proud of their heritage still. Right. Black people are still from Africa or originated from Africa. Africa. And and then we colonized Europe. And then like that's where I get confused. Is it like did we colonize (laughs) Europe and did we take the Europeans and we took them over to America and we probably did the same thing that we did to Native Americans that white people did. Right. Cause it's cause that's what I'm led to believe as long as America stays America, you know what I mean? Yes. I mean, and that's that's the and, big and and that black people or at least rich black people like Harry Belafonte's character in this movie would think like that because yes. I, I honestly I don't know too many even like the Herman Cains and the and the <laughs> you know the coons of this world like don't think like that don't think that b- white people are like unclean besides not washing their legs. Or like, you know, or genetically inferior or anything like that. We're just like, we don't necessarily fuck with white people. And we live in a world where they enslaved and subjugated us. So we're doing our own thing. And I feel like they went overboard in this movie in order to, you know, drive the point home Mm -hmm. to make him a racist. Well, this is is what's so confusing about the world of white man's burden because we can we can start kind of just giving you the basics of of what happens in the movie yeah i think we should go into the plot to mechanics yeah so you have uh (laughs) there's there's a i guess like a chocolate factory or like some kind of like i think they make uh fudge pops like they make uh like chocolate covered yes ice cream uh, Which so, is like the metaphor is on its fucking face right there too. Look out out the gate, floppy as hell. They're coming with. <laughs> they're, they're trying to give it to you. Uh, so John Travolta works at this fudgesicle factory, I guess. Sure. Uh, and Harry Belafonte owns this factory, and so we yeah we get a little bit off top. You know, it kind of opens up with this scene of. The, all these black people at a dinner party at Harry Belafonte's house, and he also also other black actors, established black actors that were duped, hoodwinked into making doing one scene in this movie. We got Cheryl Lee Ralph is sitting at the table. Yes, uh, an, another famous uh, TV mom. We got Janet Hubert, dark yep. skin Aunt Viv is sitting at yep. the table, and they're and they're waxing philosophical about the races in the country bumper yes. robinson is there <laughs> it's it's yep. it's it is veritable black acting school uh they are yeah, yeah. Hit, hit them with that again because they need to know <laughs> uh so we've got we've got our our black acting school in full effect uh but it's in it's the first scene it's wild because what we're what we're looking at is again we're being dropped immediately into I guess a black Illuminati meeting and they're just like <laughs> you know talking they have the white maid you know like they're really trying the to drive maid. home the point that like oh man can you believe like look at look at the way this world 
works. Black people have white maids. It's crazy. <laughs> um, and so what's what's f- crazy <laughs> is one of the many crazy things when you when you go on to like YouTube. So just just a quick aside, you can't watch this movie anywhere. You basically need to buy it on DVD like we did. Uh, I got it on eBay for like $7. But if you go to Amazon, they could charge you upwards of $99 for this DVD because you hey, can't I would say get your reparations back. I mean, resell yeah. this bitch for $100. <laughs> get your reparations back. Well, because it's it's no, it was an HBO film. You're never going to see this on HBO Max. This They're is basically- never... They would never. They've basically scrubbed this movie from any streaming period. My sister, who is like a torrent savant, like can get anything you want, could not find this movie. Uh, So if you can watch it, almost all of it on YouTube. But I think there's one part missing, either the first or the third part. So you're going to miss like 15 minutes of it. But if you don't care, you can watch all of it on YouTube for free. but when you go into the YouTube comments of the trailer of the you know clips that people have put up, there is a very <laughs> strong hotep energy of black people who are basically like, yeah, look at the white man in his place, uh, <laughs> getting what he deserves. Like this is the world that I want to live in, where black people, you know, and you can just feel like the trichnology energy just like dripping off of these comments because it is just kind of like so many third eyes focused on the wrong yeah thing. if you told me dr umar uh directed this movie i would be like yeah i, I guess I I <laughs> if, if dr umar had a de- directorial debut it would look like this um but then we get just very bizarre imagery like we were driving through this. Uh, well, we see Travolta first. He's doing his very strange black accent. I, I, we're hey, gonna harp. Hey man, hey man. We're, I gotta get. I gotta leave today. I gotta leave. I gotta go home. I got. I gotta take care of my kid. We we're gonna harp on this accent endlessly because I I can't <laughs> actually. I want to play the clip. I recorded a clip. Please do. Can we do. Can we do that? Yeah. Well, let's get let's get to the scene in the plot. I'm okay. talking about the car scene. Oh my at, god! At night, yeah, they literally go back and forth. But yes. let's get there first. Um, I I cannot overstate enough. John Travolta is the only person in the movie doing any kind of accent, accent, black scent work at all. Period. He is. It is. It is such a bizarre because. The other thing is a choice. It's a choice. He's yes. he made that choice to be like, I want to sound like my name is Tyrone. <laughs> the thing, the thing that this movie posits, which is obviously where all this bullshit falls apart, is that like this is what it means to be black. Right. Right. You are this poor. Is- you are uneducated. You talk like this. You walk like this. You think like this. This is what black people are, which is a uh, like. John Travolta doing a minstrel character. There are way too many sequences in this movie where the director tries to paint pictures of the Black experience. Pictures of, like, the urban Black experience. So, like, you know, people on crack, 
drunk people walking up and down the street. There's too many scenes of this, of like, yeah. you know, living in shitty ho homes and like getting put out by the cops or getting put out by- Getting like, beat up by the cops. Getting beat up by the cops. Like, it all happens to him over the course of this movie. So wait, let's, let's get into it. Let's get into it because- Well, so- my, my major grievance is with literally how the plot kicks off. Yeah, but uh, so- but but I think the other thing too is before you get to that. So this movie, this is why this movie has no like basis at all because really what it wants to be is a class allegory. Like that's right, right. How any of this actually works on any sustainable level, but because it has zero concept of race and racism and black or people history. or yeah, history. <laughs> none of this works at all like all of it is just like the most bizarre we we, no didn't even, we didn't even get into the maybe what is probably the most bizarre part of this whole movie this movie is written conceived oh yeah and directed yeah. by a japanese, a japanese man. who if i can i pull this up can i find this um who basically said that the movie came to him because he felt like how I guess Travolta's character feels and that like he uh you know didn't really fit in 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 either world of America like he was kind of like um like he was othered right um, but then yeah. he said he went to Japan and being all around all Japanese people made him feel uneasy and that like, they're like, not everybody should be the same. Like, so he made a movie about two experiences he's never had in his, in his entire life. Yes. Uh, and, and decided to make a, a commentary about like a, a $7 million commentary about that. Yeah, so this is the exact quote. Yo, so, I'm going to need his face to feel the back of my hand. Desmond Nakano, who is Japanese-American, created the film in part because of how we how we felt that to both American whites and blacks, he was them. He also tapped into the disoriented feeling he felt when he visited Japan, saying that for so long I had been different, it felt wrong to be the same. Why I, would you even, like, even, okay, so say, I, I'm going to get minorly personal here. I, I've, I, I, I'm from Baltimore, Maryland. That's a city that's 70% black. I uh, w went to county schools. So I went to schools that were 90% white, right? So of course, duality right there. Not yeah. black enough for the black kids, not white enough for the white kids. And that's just, totally fine. I, just like Mahershala. I, just <laughs> like Mahershala and Green Book. <laughs> just, just, like, just like Don Shirley and Green Book. God damn it, God damn it. But here we are, you know, uh, uh, multiple people in this world who you know don't feel at home with their own people i'm not gonna go make a movie about how puerto ricans don't how puerto ricans feel <laughs> when they like maybe if puerto ricans and dominicans switch like get the fuck out of my face get out of my face like the audacity for me to think that i have i have i can tell i can tell somebody else's story and i can like put it in flux i can change it and have and have some sort of insight about like yes well nigga, nigga please because all like there's a lot of reviews that will cite the director being a japanese american man and and speak to him being a minority 
and that he has some insight into the experiences of these characters, which again, I call bullshit, not because I, I am probably 100% certain that this man has experienced racism. Like, sure. I'm not going to discount that that's something that's sure. happened to him. But as we continue to talk about, you know, race and how different groups uh, are not even just affected by racism, but the different ways, even throughout these films, right? How different minorities are talked about, are, are seen, are kind of yeah. um, spoken for by white people uh, yeah. and spoken about by white people. Like there's a clear difference, right? And it's not that if you are from one minority group that you can't even begin to imagine what it's like to be, you know, part of another minority, but it is that we all are facing our own individual and unique experiences and own individual and unique challenges. And so that, you know, I can't tell you what it's like to be Asian American. I can't tell you what it's like to be an indigenous person. Like I can listen to their experiences and I can know, you know, from just being around people and having conversations with people, how they feel about certain things mm -hmm. or what they're, you know, uh, mm -hmm. being faced with on a day-to-day -day basis. And there are some unique situations and there are some universal situations like people not being able to pronounce your name. That is a situation that multiple people across minorities can, can definitely relate to. Or, sure. you know, just certain microaggressions or things like that. Like well, maybe his Japanese ass should have gave us a movie about that. <laughs> but maybe that's... 90 minutes of people mispronouncing his name would have been more <laughs> interesting than what he did to Harry Belafonte. Because the broad strokes of this film, right? Like this movie is broad stereotypes. Which is, why I want to get it, which is why I want to get into the plot. Because yeah, like okay. literally the plot starts with a stereotype. So, okay, so we'll, last thing, when we're going to Harry Balafenta's house, there's some very strange imagery where we're just oh, driving yeah. in this neighborhood, yeah. and there's, uh, if you're familiar with the, with the lawn jockey, uh, which is kind of, you know, oh, there's they're the, 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 the minstrel looking like uh, jockeys that are just, you know, on people's on people's front lawns. Yeah, darkest of black face. Yeah, reddest of lips. So they have a white version of that, <laughs> which again, I really want to talk to like the the. I set. bet he kept it from the process. <laughs> I bet he kept it after the movie was done, like the Oscar. I yeah, I want to know whose job it was to paint one of these white, uh, <laughs> because that's just somebody who shook their head the entire time they did it. It's uh, like God damn, God damn. I'm gonna get this checked though, but God. Damn. <laughs> But uh, yeah, Cameron, tell tell us what happens when John Travolta is tasked with bringing uh, Harry Belafonte this important package. An important package. He's sent with an important package to bring it to Harry Belafonte's home, and his wife. Uh, well, when when John Travolta arrives to the house, he has to go around back. So he goes around back, looking for the door, and he sees nothing. Cut to Belafonte and his wife. Played by Margaret Avery of uh, the Color Purple fame, yes, and just a, a great, a great black actress. She takes off her robe or takes off her towel, and you know the audience doesn't see anything, but John Travolta sure does. He's checking and it out. He's checking it out. He's looking at the goods, and Harry Belafonte gets gets a whiff of that. You looking at my wife? Mm. 
You looking at a black man's wife? Mm. Oh no, you gotta die. <laughs> so he literally goes and tells his super his his underling, whoever's next in line, COO of the company or whatever. Yeah. Uh, another black guy. Hey, can you just like, you know, fire that guy? Fire that guy for looking at my wife. Yeah. He doesn't say for looking at my wife. He actually says we'll talk about it later, but he says, I need you to go, you know, fire that guy. So cut to back at the back at the factory, you know, Travolta's making these fudge pops. And they call him in an office. I need to talk to you, you know. Pink, you've been doing good work. You've been doing you're a good guy, you're a solid guy. Oh, wait, are you the guy? Are you the you're the guy that looked at my boss's wife? Actually, I have to fire you. Yeah, I have to I have to fire you. And Travolta's character, Lewis, uh, he gets freaked out. He's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Just five minutes ago, you were saying, I'm a great fudge pop maker. What are you talking about? <laughs> and he said, I got, I got a kid. I got a kid. I got a wife and a kid at home. And the black guy goes, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We got, it's not even about that. And he goes, what is it about? And his black scent. <laughs> and they go back and forth until Travolta eventually gets fired. He goes home that night. What, so so to, just to put a pin in that, the plot is moved by the stereotype of looking at a quote-unquote white man's wife. Yeah. Disgusting. Like, just, <laughs> just, just, like, nasty. Like, because in my head, I'm thinking Desmond Nakano, the director, is sitting at home, type, type, right away. And yeah. he's like, what, what? What would make a make a white man angry these days? Oh, if he's looking at his wife. Wow, I catch a nigga looking at my wife. Wow. Like, so that means that he he had the foresight to be like, oh, that's a good idea. That'll kick drop kickstart this plot in emotion. Oh, yeah, I just want to choke him for being that like unknowingly racist. Like, cause that's do you racist. think in this world is there a white version of a mandingo? And they still call it. <laughs> I had thoughts about that. I had thoughts about that. Well, because honestly, I was waiting. I waited this whole 90 minutes to see what scene it would be in where they call somebody the opposite of nigga. I was, yeah, I was like. And that didn't happen. Not only did that not happen, there was not even an attempt to, you know, coming off a of green book where. It, there was just like, how many different words can we think of that aren't nigger that we can say? Dude, that they even sound do it like in cool it. runnings. They even do it in cool Jamaica. Yeah. Get out of here, Jamaica. But this movie is like, there's no racial slurs in White Man's Burden. It's this like, movie's rated uh, this movie is an R rating. Yeah. This piece of shit has an R rating. <laughs> you don't even see. It. There's no boobs. There's no yeah. boobs. The yeah. violence is whack. And yeah. they, like they don't really, they rarely curse, honestly. It's I don't know what the R rating, rating is for. Honestly. Yeah. yeah it's, it's very bizarre. R rating. So it's like, if you're going to be R, if you're going to go all the way and like totally excise an audience from seeing this movie, why not go all the way? Yeah. Why not go all the way? Like, if, you, if you're having these ideas, ah, he looked at a black man's wife, this is so good. And then the next thing out of your mind, like the next plot mechanic is like, oh, he gets what? Um, he goes home and he loses his he loses his house. Yeah. He can't well, pay a mortgage. we got we got to speak about this briefly too before we get to the that scene. Is uh, his he goes home and his son is watching goes, TV. His son is watching uh, Sun Man, Chroma Man. So there's yeah, there's like some I guess a black Superman 
analog in this world. Uh, Sunman is real. Sunman is a real thing. Oh, it's like a but, real but, thing. It's a real black man superhero made by a company. But Chroma Man is not a real thing, right? Chroma that, Man is fake. Yeah. Okay. That's the yeah. That's the superhero that he loves, and later gets a doll, and maybe the most ridiculous scene in the whole that's movie. The, that's the. <laughs> no, that's that's he read the bluest eye right before he wrote this movie, and he was like, Tony Morrison was onto something, but she didn't quite get it. <laughs> Well, because this is so this is the part of the movie where they're trying to show the black gaze, right? Yes, like this yes. is the reversal of the white gaze where this white child is watching TV and seeing nothing but black people, black Westerns, yes, uh, yes. you know, like black politicians, black content on TV. all the yeah. TV, all the content on TV is, is black oriented, like a like a white person, like a, a black person would watch TV and see like white sitcoms. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, white president or whatever. Just yeah. Like everybody is white, and then when you see a black thing, it's probably on BET or centric yeah. or bounce or own or we could do this right. Thing. But you know what I mean. So is there WET uh, in this world? Is there white yeah, entertainment television? Like, but he doesn't ask the questions that are actually yeah. interesting. Because I there need could to be know. another twenty minutes on this movie where hold I up, hold up. to see all his like whack ideas for that stuff. Is there white soul train with white Don Cornelius? (laughs) John Cornelius. Chad Cornelius. Chad Cornelius. With a with a with a perm. (laughs) With a perm and 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 some boots, some alligator boots. Same voice though. Uh just the (laughs) peace and soul. Well, because this is this is what's crazy. Like black culture is American culture. I think we talked about this a little bit last time. Like, Black people created all popular culture in this country. Like, everything that we know... And it's more evident now than it ever has been. Yes. And so, where that culture comes from, though, a lot of the times... It comes from a place. It comes from Black people making something out of nothing, right? Like, we are given nothing. We have no resources. food. Or, yes, the, chitlins, the the worst parts of the animal, yeah. and we turn that um, into our meals. Yes, um, like when you think Very about a cuisine. <laughs> when you think about jazz, when you think about rock and roll, That's when you saying. think about did white are, people invent jazz in this in this movie? Like, well, they finally invented rock and roll in this movie, I guess, because they <laughs> who else is going to do it? But that's the thing; those uh, forms of music came from the Negro spiritual, which was invented because of slavery. Which, you know, if you follow the thread all the way back, like you're not doing all of this just because you don't have that's, anything better to do. And you're doing this out of necessity. Scene of movie, every scene in this movie falls apart on that notion, legit. Yes. So, because it, I, I, I watched this movie and literally was like looking through the gaze that this director is trying to give to me. Yeah. And every time I question that, thinking, well, where did it start? Yeah. Where's, where's, the, where's the nexus point? I need to know. Were black people ens- were white people enslaved? Like you know, yeah. were on mass because there's records proving that there were white people that were enslaved white people. But like, well, they, so they keep th- like the next however many minutes of this movie is just like the, before the kidnapping, before yeah, the kidnapping, because he like, Pennant goes through a series of you know just the black man's gripes in the world. It's, yeah, it's the John Travolta oppression tour where he just goes from <laughs> place to place. And he, like he, he goes home, his son likes his, his son likes a black superhero. It's 
it's rubbing him a little the wrong way. Yeah. He's got he's got bills. His bills are piling up. His wife mm-hmm. needs to get a job at a chicken joint. Yeah. A chicken joint too. I I had those questions too. Yeah. I had, yeah. Uh, and then the next morning they wake up and the Pennick family loses their house. And loses, loses their house and the cops come. The black evict. cops come. The, the black cops too. Come and the to, black the black landlord comes to oh, evict yeah, them yeah, from the their house. Too, yep. And for some reason, like it's just weird because this this is where this movie is a white savior film, right? Is that mm-hmm. John Travolta <laughs> is the star of this movie. He is the hero of this movie. He is the lead of this movie. And he is the, the character you are to empathize with. If you the, watch this movie, you are to empathize with the lead character. And there's this weird premise that, again, I don't know who, if anybody spoke to a black person before making this movie or just like knew black people or anything, but there's this whole through line of like dignity and respect. Like that's what we want, dignity and respect from I guess black people in this world, but like white people. From black people, yes. Dignity from uh, black. They need their respect from black people. Because they're getting kicked out of their house and John Travolta's wife won't go and she won't get dressed. No, 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 and, no. no, no. They ask because they ask her to get dressed. They after, yeah. ask her to go and get some clothes and pull them out and get dressed. And she says, it, and this is her Viola Davis moment. <laughs> this is this is Kelly Lynch's Viola Davis moment where she literally eyes down the cop. The cop says, you're going to get dressed out here and you're going to you're going to go in there. You're going to get an outfit and you're going to get dressed out here. And she says, no, <laughs> no, I will not. This is my any, house. This is my house. I'm going to go in my room. I'm going to get dressed in 15 minutes and I'm going to come outside when I think it's ready. And then the cop has a moment and he thinks he says, oh, all right. All right. You noble white woman, <laughs> you noble white woman. I'm sorry. I even. I even tried to get you to lose your decency in front of me. Like yeah. countless black people have been on tape over the past like five years. Like what was that? There was a story maybe like two years ago or even more recent than that of this black woman who was at her home. Uh, I think she had like just gotten out of the shower and one of those situations in which the cops and SWAT are called to the wrong house and they burst into her house and she's naked and she is just like, let me put clothes on. And they're like, you can't do, they've got you her at gunpoint, you know, and they're, they're basically like, you, you know, she's standing there naked for like upwards of 20 minutes because they won't let her put clothes on because they assume that she's a drug dealer or whatever, whatever reason they came to the house. Then they figure out they're in the wrong house. Uh, and then they're like, I guess you can put a robe on now. And then typical of everything, no apology, no nothing. They're just kind of no, like, okay, bye. Uh, and it's like, in what world so, do you So where's think, the dignity and respect? Right. In what world do you think you get to, like, yes, we wouldn't we all love to have dignity and respect. But the way that things typically work is that that's not an option for you because you're black like they just take what they want or do what they want and so right yes constantly like, in every situation yes yeah, so, sometimes like, honestly this movie doesn't even play it right because if this movie was trying to give you the the, the black experience through white through a white gaze yeah then kelly lynch doesn't get to go in the other room there's no uh, there, no they have guns in their faces yeah kids out or not kids out or not they have guns no. in their faces 
That scene does not end like that. They have guns in their faces and cops lie about shit all the time. All the time. So if they just like slapped her around and then was probably, like, like probably would have grabbed her up at least grabbed her yeah. by her arm. Oh, this woman. Yeah, she was getting belligerent. We didn't have they, a choice. They, I mean, they missed an opportunity to like get real about that shit. I mean, this, yeah. this movie's missing opportunities all no. over the fucking place. But. No, no, no. Yeah, no. There's nothing. There's nothing realistic because then the following scene is Judge Revolta yes. going to what I guess is a temp agency of some sort oh, and yeah. talking to oh, yeah. the black woman who is at least uh, running it or has a you yeah, know high or, level job know, there. The black woman at behind the window. And he's like, hey, baby, can't you just, I don't know, give me, you know, the jobs that you hold for the people that you know, you know, like, I'm just trying hard, to work. You know, I work hard, you know, I got a kid at home, you know, I, I've been doing this for a long time. Yeah, and his whole thing is like, oh, man, like, I can't live on, you know, the wages that, you know, these jobs are trying to give me, like, there's no way that I could survive on this. And it's like, one, uh, duh, two, uh, that's why black people have like six jobs. And, 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 and three, and three, this role should have been played by a white woman in this movie because yeah. black people got those jobs too. Black people work at the fucking DMV. Like, man, there's so many un, unhappy black people working in state and oh, federal yeah. government positions. For sure. Where they're constantly just like behind a window telling people no, various versions of no. Yes. Well, yeah, there's a lot of missed opportunities in this movie, uh, but I mean, this movie should never have been made to begin with. Ever, man. But so after that, so he does all this stuff, and then he's like he's hanging around, around, hanging around, and who should show up but the police? Uh, they the police. He's he's kind of hanging out, uh, and in front of I, a bar, I think. Yeah, and like the cops come and well, no, yeah. the cops pull him over the cops in front of a bar, and then or nothing like they he, would a black person. He fits the description, is what he they fits say. The description, yes. Yeah. Um, and then like white people come out of the bar and they're like, "You see how they do us? They're always harassing oh, us." Oh yeah, oh yeah. That yada, shit, yada. that shit was the, the the most disgusting part of it. Not even the them beating him up and then leaving him alone. Yeah. The worst part was the crowd afterwards that was like, hey, man, every time we try to live, man, they just they do it to us again, man. They just beat us down, man. They just beat us down, man. So, yeah, John Fuck Travolta <laughs> is out here playing Rodney King, I guess. He gets beat up Attica, for no reason. Attica, Rodney King. <laughs> uh, and then this is where he's like fuck that i'm gonna take my life into my own hands i'm gonna go kidnap the man that uh put me in this position yeah i'm gonna go get harry belafonte so this is where this movie not only goes off the rails but completely abandons any premise of the original idea because first of all and honestly i don't think the movie knew where it was going like if i was writing this movie sequentially yeah, I don't think they knew where this was going. Oh no, they had no idea what. I mean, they this is this is the equivalent of an SNL skit that gets turned into a movie, and they're just yeah. like, yeah. I guess, yeah. I guess this has to be ninety minutes. So, yeah. <laughs> you know, so he goes to Harry Belafonte's house. This is this makes absolutely no sense. One, because black people would, would never do this. I don't know any black person who would 
kidnap kidnap their white boss like kidnap their white boss but also from what i assume and this is another part where the movie just never answers this question harry belavante is rich harry belavante has a lot of money he's having his black illuminati meetings at his house he's people know him right people like he, him. he owns this factory so it's not even like yo i'm gonna kidnap uh this random uh you know black person uh but like i'm gonna kidnap this well-known socialite black person uh and then like drive him around town for <laughs> days where for it's days. just like nobody he doesn't he never during these scenes he never kind of know and he, he doesn't give to the audience any inkling of what he might do with them other than like you owe me he gives him a slip of paper he gives him a slip of paper that says this is the money you owe me for what you've taken from me which is probably like a year's salary i would assume something like he that asked, yeah he, I, I assume there was like fifty three thousand dollars no 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 probably less than that no 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 this is what happens and this goes back to the dignity and respect part of this movie which is such bullshit john travolta <laughs> kidnaps him and asks for what I believe was $3,000, not a dollar more. Wait, wait, wait. He don't, not no, a dollar more? Was not a dollar more? Because he doesn't want his like pity money. He right, wants right, what right. is owed to him exactly. He doesn't I heard want that part. I heard yeah. that part and I assumed it was like a year's salary. So I assumed yeah. it was like 40K or 50K or something. Because Harry Belafonte is like, what? <laughs> yeah, yeah he even, he, his character even goes like why you why you want this money you you don't want more you don't want like 100k yeah like, he's could, like i could give you 100k and you can right. get out of my face and he's like no i don't want no. you know more i want exactly what you owe me and it's like first of all if you're kidnapping somebody get all the goddamn money what do you mean you don't want more money like what kind of kidnapping operation is this like why are you gonna take somebody like the amount of effort that goes into kidnapping somebody to begin with, you're only going to do it for what Harry Belafonte, I assume probably has on his couch. You know what I mean? Right. Like I'm surprised he didn't just reach under the front seat and just be like, here you go. Here Get you out go. of my car. Get a lot of money. <laughs> shut up and go away. Yeah. There might be wait, more wait, than so 3000 in there. <laughs> so this is the scene. This is the scene. This is the car scene I was speaking of earlier. Yeah. And I'm going to play, a part of this clip we don't have to play it all yeah but i need the viewers i need the i need the audience i need the listeners to know what we're talking about with this black scent you came to my house i remember you you're lionel's delivery boy now you remember me i'm the delivery boy all them years in the factory all that time i put in and i'm the fucking delivery boy Sorry, I didn't mean that in a derogatory way. Oh, then what way did you mean it then? Look, I didn't go up to your house to do that. I was doing what I was told to do. I didn't peep at your wife. Ain't no fucking peeping time. But what you did, man, that was wrong. That ain't right. You can't do that to people. What I did? What did I do? I'm trying to understand. You came to my house and you looked in the window. I remember that. But then what else? Owe you some money for the delivery? You put me on? Are you you fucking playing with me? You do that to me. You do that. You you do that to my life. You take a man. You take the livelihood out of a man's life, and then you you forget it. You, 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 you unbelievable, man. 
No, no, wait a minute. You got to explain that to me. You told Lionel to follow me. The next thing I was out of there. You didn't think about it, he didn't think about it. I never told Lionel to fire you. Oh, bullshit, man. That's the truth. I spoke to him, yes. When you were looking in the window and my wife was standing there, I was very upset. But all I said to Lionel was, I'd prefer the next time he sent another delivery person. That's the truth. I never told him to fire you. Bullshit. Look, if that's what this is about, we can straighten this whole thing out. I mean, I'll just get on the phone, I'll tell Lionel, you get your job back. Why don't we do that? We could call him right now. Let's find a phone. Now you want to help me. Yeah. You want to help me now. I come to your house, I I'll buzz your buzz, I beg your maid to talk to you, and you ain't got no time for me, you can't help me. But now I got a gun. You got all the time in the world. Well, you a fucking liar. Now move over. You a Fuck fucking yeah. liar. <laughs> you told I don't buy me. I I'm swear to God, it's like if any black person he ever knew after that, like met him and yeah. they saw that movie beforehand, they slapped the shit out of him on, on principle, like off, off rip. I'm gonna slap you for that movie. Just the whole like him doing this this voice uh, is is crazy because like it it fluctuates when he gets mad to the it point where when he gets mad that's where it like loses the syllable uh, where it loses like the continent consonants and stuff yeah he starts he starts going full like I guess you know what he thinks black people sound like right? yeah. I don't yeah I don't know I yes. don't know who he's doing what he's doing he is doing what he thinks black people talk like I mean think about it the dude spent three months riding around in a car with Samuel Jackson what do you think that yeah. accent came from man? I don't, that might be minimal it. research done did he he might have just yeah just soaked up Minimal Sam Jackson answer. and just like been this is him trying to do Sam Jackson because it is hey man, like, hey, man. Like, listen man I, I mean he, kid. he's going full Al Jolson like he's this is like very it's, close to like it's problematic he, as he, he might as well just start soft shoeing at a certain point because hey, like hey man. <laughs> hey man like I got I got a wife and kids man <laughs> you you told I don't fire me how dare you so so this is the rest of the movie like yeah, he, i mean the rest of the movie is literally them driving around la probably wherever the fuck they are driving around and uh, after a while lewis loses like the gumption to get the money because they're driving around on like a friday night you know the bank's well, closed so okay let's let's stop at that part because i was like huh <laughs> this yeah. this part threw me all the way off. They go up to a bank, like a like one like a, a drive through like a drive window through. at a bank, and John Travolta, you know, has Harry Belafonte at gunpoint. He's basically like, "Yo, get the money from this person." So Harry Belafonte, like, you know, is doing his best. Hey, you know, I'm. It wasn't clear if this was his bank or just a bank. Didn't understand what was happening, but he comes up and he's like, "Hey, I'd like to withdraw, you know, X amount of money." And the teller, who was white, is at the is at the window, and he's like, "Oh no, we're closed." And Harry Belafonte is like, "Oh no, but like I need to I, take I need out this money." And he's like, "Nah, you know, it's whatever time it is, and this is closed, and you can come back on it's Monday." Like a Friday night. It's the end of the week. You know, and 
Harry Belafonte starts to get indignant. And he's like, wait, who, who's your man? Let me talk to the manager. I need to, you know, X, X Y, and Z. I need this money. Yeah. Hold up a minute. Harry Belafonte is, again, supposedly not just a very rich man, but like people know him, right? Like he is not nobody. He's I a have to of the community. Yeah, I have to assume he is, some, you know, in the same way that, do you know everybody, every rich white person in your city who's, you know, owns no, a right, construction not. company, whatever, but, like, but, but a bank would. because they've got money (laughs) you know what i mean like definitely given that nigga alone at least twice yes so the the idea that mr belafonte like of course yeah like the fact that and this is the premise right this is a white person speaking to a black person in this world so this would be the equivalent of some black person when you know the the rich white uh, land developer guy comes yeah. up to the window and is like, "Hey, I need at to make 50, a withdrawal." Five oh three, when the bank closes at five, and is talking about, "I need some money," and, and the bank like, refuses him. And they're like, "No, you can't have money because we're closed." It's like, hold the fuck up. That's what white people do all the time, every Speci- day. Specifically, rich white people who are just it's like, "Not nah, happen next week." The bank is open when I say it's open. Somewhere in America, <laughs> exactly. Somewhere in America. <laughs> Some white man is going to the bank after hours demanding full service and he gets it. Let me get this money. This is my Let money. Me get this money. Right? Oh, you know. Uh you don't even so, ask the question. So th- this whole scene is just like I guess I guess they're going for the let me speak to your manager indignant white person. But it doesn't even play right because the <laughs> plot mechanics like it it needs them to like roam the streets at night. Yeah, it would just be like, why would they say? Because it's honestly, they don't even do a whole lot of roaming. This happens at like the hour mark or like, yeah, at least 50 minutes. So you got 30 minutes left in this movie and they just they wander the streets. The only major scene is the one where they pull over at a hot dog stand. Mm. Well, before we get to that, we do have to talk. We have to talk about this is this movie does this like this is what is is another just bizarre part of this whole film. This is the fundraiser. Are you going to the fundraiser? Oh, even before the fundraiser. So this is this movie is serious. It's deadly serious. There is no humor in this movie. Yeah, actually, this is a it's a fault of the movie. Yeah. And it's fully humorless. It is, it's not even clever. Yeah. Any attempts at humor are like just the most dry, like you don't even understand it's supposed to be a joke until it's over. Yeah, you really don't understand like the the like the context of most jokes when they do happen. So it's like you they they all don't land. Because you don't know what is intended to be a joke and what is intended to be serious social commentary. So there's a in scene, the context of this movie. Yes, there's a scene where, uh, again, who fucking knows? Like, Terry Belafonte is gone. People don't care. They just assume that he's out being a rich black man, I guess, and doing whatever oh, he wants yeah. to do. Oh, yeah, yeah. So he's just MIA. His wife is going to this fundraiser for white children because that's the thing that for people poor do. white children. And as they're getting ready to go, her black son shows up. Oh my God. With a white girl. With a white girl. With a white lo- girlfriend. 
who looks like it's, Iggy Azalea. It's, it's Bumper Robinson, by the way. It's Bumper Robinson from Living Single Fame, from A Different World Fame. Yes. Like, literally, that black dude that you see, the, the attractive black dude in the 90s who was yeah. coming for your girl. Light skin, good hair, you know. Light skin, good like, hair. Uh, what? Uh, is he, uh, <laughs> he's Tito Jackson? He's yeah. Tito Jackson in the, in the Jackson 5 movie. Like, yeah, and, and he shows up with Iggy Azalea. He and, does. And his mom is like, oh no like i oh, can't believe no. my my son is dating this white trash but that's uh, it that's the end of the scene it doesn't even that's progress. The, that's literally the scene and when they go to we the fundraiser when they go to the fundraiser she's not there she's not there <laughs> so there was obviously like she's not coming in my house by uh, coming off of margaret avery but it's just like what is so what was that happening. scene for <laughs> like you just did it to see like a, a black woman be like Oh no, white girl coming at my house. Like, but is it a joke? Is this is it, supposed to be is it humor? Is it I don't joke? know. Is it commentary? I can't tell. It's because, just happening to happen. Because the like scene most things in this movie. Yes, the scene happens apropos of absolutely nothing. We just cut back to the house. And then like they show up and we get the mom's reaction. And then that's it. And then we just keep moving, and there's as, no. As they roam off, as they roam into the night, as yeah, Monte and Travolta roam into the night. But then we do go back to the house again because yeah. she gets the call that he's been kidnapped. Right, but like also, way, you know. Yeah, but also that happens, and then nothing happens. We yeah. don't go back to the house again to check on the wife ever. No, again. yeah, it's it's there's just basic bad filmmaking basic bad happening all over the fucking place in this movie before you get to the high concept so we already fucked up so yeah they so he's got harry belafonte they're driving around they drive around for the basically the rest of this movie for two days they they drive around for two yeah. days. and this is the he's just oh, oh, dri- right. he's kidnapped a man he's kidnapped a man and he's just cavalierly driving him around the city not like he's got him like tied up in the car or something. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and well, we got to get to the we got to get to the skinheads because that's dumb. Yes. So so they go. I don't understand what is happening in the sense. Like actually, I, this was the first moment in the movie where I was confused at what he was trying to do because usually I could be like, oh, I get it. Like even the even the white girlfriend, I was like, I get it. I see what you're trying to do. Yeah. You missed. You missed. Well, this yeah. is like the biggest misfire in the movie among this is, many other large misfires. Well, so here's here's the thing that I just don't understand. So they go to a burger. So they go place. to a burger joint. They go to it's a like, hot dog stand and they get yeah. a couple burgers and eat and eat some burgers and fries and have a conversation about race. That's yeah, what and happens. It, and is that like, or do burgers symbolize something? I mean, it's it's giving me Pulp Fiction vibes. I mean, they might as well have been at a big Kahuna burger. Yeah, I don't really know because it I didn't mean, matter. It didn't I, fucking matter. I guess they weren't gonna this. You know what? If they had pulled a fucking green book here, you know where John oh, we, Travolta. This is, what we do. this is what we do with the burgers. We throw them out the window. We... Oh no, John Travolta gets some chicken, and he's like, "Oh, you don't eat fried chicken." That would have like, been literally... more interesting than what happened next. <laughs> So, so literally they sit here and they have these burgers yeah and all the while a, a, a group of skinheads walks up on on them eating at this outdoor hot dog stand which i guess they're like the equivalent of like a gang like, yeah a gang a black gang uh it doesn't matter insert black hoods here yeah 
So there's a group of white skinheads, one of which is played by Seth Green. Mm. Mm-hmm. The one that the thing happens to. Oh, boy. So yeah. they're sitting there, they're talking. And after they have this dynamic conversation about race that mm. comes to like literal poo-poo. Yeah. They get up, they throw their garbage away, and then the skinhead's like, hey, man, what are you doing? You know, you're just having a conversation here at 2 a.m.? And they're like, we don't want no trouble, man. We don't want no trouble. They try to pass through, and the skinheads start pushing, start shoving. And the hot dog stand guy, who is white, comes out, takes a shotgun, and blows one of these skinheads away. Also white. Before that, John Travolta just pulls out a gun. Also, yeah, John Travolta pulls out his gun to say that I've got a gun back up. Yeah. The skinheads that- don't back up. They keep pushing. They One smacks the gun out of his hands. There's, there's oh, yes, there's, there's the tussle for the gun. And yeah. the hot dog man comes out with the shotgun, blam, into the skinhead, Seth Green. Yeah. And then, and that's it. And that's it. They, John Travolta literally goes to Harry Belafonte. He's like, come on, man. We got to get in the car. We got to get out of here, man. We got to get out of here. So wait, this is, contextually, this is black-on-black violence. Yes. Right? Yes. So you, you missed the fucking point, Nakano. Well, you missed it, the fucking point. Because if you wanted to see, like, the violence, the violence that happens in the world where there's, like, no care for black life in this world. Yeah then you have a black hot dog owner kill a skinhead. Yeah. Right? Because what you're trying to show me is old white man hot dog owner, you know, Julius T. Hot Dog, uh, (laughs) shoot uh, shoot a a black gang member and have no regard for their life. Yeah. Now what you've shown me in this movie is a white, you know, white hot dog owner, Curtis T. Hot Dog, shoot the skinhead (laughs) in the chest. So you've missed your point. Well, so there's there's because a lot. Is, everything in the movie is loaded. You can't oh, watch yeah. any scene. This scene, movie demands that you watch every scene. It's the most important movie ever made. Oh yeah, of course. <laughs> that's, why we're talk- that's why we're talking about it. It's it's so many things with the scene just uh, don't make any just sense. Confusing and wrong. One. So here's a movie where black people are, you know, the cream of the crop or on top. And yet we still get beat up by skinheads. We still okay. get beat up by skinheads. <laughs> Two. Gang members. Like it, it. I don't know what people think that gangs are or what they do or how they act or anything like that. But like. They shove people at hot dog stands at 2 a.m. That's all that gangs do. If you're in a gang, right? Like. I know people think these kids are stupid and like reckless and like are just out here doing whatever, but I can, I'm pretty, I feel pretty safe saying that they're smart enough to not murder the like well-known white right. owner of, you know, right. I mean? we ain't out here doing that. They might be like, Oh, yo, that's whoever, you know, they might clock them. They might be like, oh, that's, you know, like so-and-so. Sure, sure. But, like, to run up on somebody and just shoot them or, like, try to 
take their stuff like the consequences and ramifications of that like that's the heat that you don't need like you already got enough that, heat well, enough that was, shit going that's on why they escape. that's why they escape that's why john travolta says get in the car man we just gotta go man we gotta oh go. i'm talking about the gang members i'm talking about oh. why would you do that like why would you do that like why would you just shoot a random i guess in this world black person uh and just like bring the cops down on your neighborhood more than i mean it's like shooting a cop you know it's yeah, like yeah if you have to you shoot a, you shoot a white man in this world and the cops are coming for you, you yeah you will be found at, at, even if you think you're, you're as smooth as possible right you will like, be found if you're in a shootout that's one thing but to just kill a, <laughs> a black person in this world i and would we could I would assume that's tantamount to like, yeah, you want the cops to come and just raid your neighborhood and start like fucking shit up. So and like, why would, would like, yeah, know, why would you do this. that? Uh, you know, like, yeah, because that's the thing. Like, it would be a whole other situation if it was trying to make some commentary about like crime or whatever. But like, I and it's and it's not because the movie is not smart enough to be satire, right? Yes, like, it's yes, not smart yes, enough yes. to play on these tropes and these stereotypes and these things in a way that's like oh that's like a clever inversion or like i see what you're no, trying to say about none of it it's like no this is what again they think black people are like they think black people are in these gangs they're the, they the just only the streets and and cause random and just chaos. fuck people up like the thing instead the thing, of like protect their neighborhoods which is what even most gangs are really what they're trying to do is protect their neighborhoods from police intervention and yeah, or even and, you know or bringing bad things into their neighborhood yeah gang crime when gang members are in conflict 99 percent of the time it's with other gang members other like, gangs people get shot and killed like we're not promoting yes. gangs in any way but like no nah, yeah, gang gang life is dope <laughs> everyone who listens to this podcast should join a gang immediately <laughs> anyway i feel like i feel like we should get into two more critical scenes before we oh yeah 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 move. um so the, the, for and no I reason like the, I, I feel like the critical scene one of the critical scenes is the doll yeah so for no it's fucking reason at all like they so john travolta's wife i guess it's just like fuck you uh, she got a new job at a chicken joint that's what yeah I you're watching needed to watch the kid they need to watch the kid yeah, so he's he's tasked with watching his son while he's kidnapped Harry Belafonte. Yes. Uh, so he just tells him that like this is my friend. This uh, is my friend who's had a, who has a blanket over his hands for no reason and don't ask about it. Yeah, and Harry Belafonte is really not even trying to go along with the charade at all. He's not with the shits. <laughs> he's but, not with the shits. So like they've got the day together, I guess. And so like he's like, yo, your birthday's coming up. Let me bless I'm gonna you. you a, I'm gonna get you a, a gift. Yeah, I got some money for you. Why don't you go into this? I don't even know what the fuck this store is. Was it, it open? I don't know it, if it was even open. Honestly. There's bars over like the window. Closed. Right. It looks like a pawn shop. It looks uh, like a pawn shop. That, but, no one is inside, by the way. It looks like no one's inside. No one's inside. It's got toys and like other random stuff. I don't shit. understand what this Just is, shit. but he goes inside and, and he goes in the front window and he's in the window. And so he's got like, you know, black, his was Chroma man, Superman, Chroma, the Chroma man doll. Chroma man is black. Chroma man. So he's got 
He's got Chroma Man. So Jeff Travolta is outside of the store. Outside of the store. Coaching his son. Like his son is like going through and the and the camera pans across black doll, black doll, white doll. And John Travolta's and like, like, that one. Get the, get the white doll. Get the, get, the, get the other doll, the doll that looks like you. He never says get the white doll. He just says things like get the doll. Don't you want the doll that looks like you? That's a good one. It's good too. You it's, know? it's great too. And, and the, I, props to the kid, by the way, because this is the only <laughs> thing that made me laugh in this whole fucking movie. Was this adorable little kid, this little, little, little Andrew Lawrence from Blossom. Yeah. Uh, he's in the window and he's got the little Chroma Man doll and he's like, don't you want the white doll? And all he does is go, mm-mm, mm-mm. He just shakes his head adorably. Thumbs saying, down. I, thumbs down. Thumbs down, daddy. <laughs> I don't like it. Fuck I that. I want this doll. I want this doll, daddy. Like, comedic performance of this whole movie like the equivalent of like going to get a teenage mutant ninja turtle and your dad is like but you know these beetleborgs are like half off and you're like i don't want beetleborgs i don't want beetleborgs i want i want black man i want the black man yeah it's like i want super black man you know, because you know in his mind, he's like, dog, if I show up to school with this white flat top, <laughs> fucking dumb, they're going to clown me. I'm going to get beat up. It's over. It's over. You know what I mean? I can't be seen with that shit. I got to get Chroma, man. Like, that's the one, you know? So oh, yeah. he, he buys him the doll and then he just goes away. Oh, no. Uh, Harry Belafonte right. tries to slide him some cash. And he's oh, like, right, I, don't, right. I don't need, I don't your, need money your money to support Even my though. son. Even though literally <laughs> that's why we're here is because you need this yeah, fucking you, money. Yeah, because you, you broke, dog. Because you broke, fam. Like, <laughs> your morals aren't even the right morals in this scene. Like, the yeah. movie doesn't care. The movie doesn't care. No. Yeah, you got to come up. But also, so, I mean, I know you. We, we need to get to the end, the very end of this movie. But before we get to the end of this movie, there is another scene that I just don't understand what is happening I don't know what the intent of this again is. This comedy is this. What do you cult- want from me? Yeah. Is this cultural exchange? For whatever reason, the following night they go back to the same burger stand that the guy was right. shot at, That's and right. they get more food. And they're sitting there. John Travolta sits down, puts salt in his ketchup. Harry Belafonte is disgusted with what he's disgusted with. The sight of salt in the ketchup, which is apparently something all black people are doing. Does not understand what is happening. He's like, what is this white shit that you're doing? It's uh, literally a <laughs> whack stereotype played up. He he turns to him and says, is this? And then Josh Travolta is like, you don't put salt in your ketchup? If you put the salt in the ketchup then every time that you take a bite with the fry you have the perfect amount of salt and ketchup ratio with your meal and he's like literally a full conversation about this bullshit in this movie this is the equivalent of the chicken scene in green book i guess because he's like you you gotta try it and harry belafonte's like I mean, I guess I literally don't have a choice because you're kidnapping me. So I'm going to try this. And he's like, you know what? It's not bad. And I'm like, is this cultural exchange? Like, is this what's supposed to be happening right now? That's the point where I wanted to throw this fucking movie out the window. Like, is I this wanted a to moment? The copy out my window and hopefully it yeah. landed in a dump truck. So, oh, oh, okay. Okay. And last thing before we get to the very end, John Travolta, uh, like, 
what do they try to do? He if Harry Belafonte gets away somehow. Like he just gets out the car and he starts s- running. He sneaks away. He sneaks away from the hot dog stand. Yeah, he just starts running. John Travolta chases into him. Into an alley. Into an alley. They run into an alley. They run down a block. He jumps on top of him. He eventually, uh, yeah, gets him back, subdues him. All the white people are coming out because, of course, we're in the hood, and the white people are yeah. like, what's going on? What's going uh, on? They're fighting. Whoa, a, a white guy is fighting a black guy. Whoa. Uh, and so then, like, he takes him to, uh, like, this. Like an old warehouse. It's an yeah. Old warehouse. Um, and uh, Harry Belafonte, I guess, has, like, a heart attack or something. Yes, uh, they talk in the movie about how he had like they said heart attack twice in two different yeah. scenes and i was like well he's gonna have a heart attack yeah he's <laughs> like got, movie movie rule says he's gonna have a heart attack in the third act yeah his his sugar is high they're really uh, not even like they're really blatant about it it's like did you forget your heart medication yeah oh, that heart attack you had last year i'm like fam fam like Chekhov's heart attack over here like what are we doing so the bull the bullshit that this scene is is utterly just they fuck go ahead go ahead they they go all the way right so harry belafonte is having a heart attack john travolta is driving around of course they're in a white neighborhood so there's no hospitals around no hospitals he's he's got to get him to a hospital. hospital uh and so what does he do he stops the car he gets out and just starts shooting into the sky into like businesses it's i don't know what time it is at night but like he's just it's late i would assume it's late he's shooting of course the cops come just seconds later um harry belafonte is like on the ground having a heart attack uh john travolta uh sees the cops they get out of the car he's still got his gun in his hand he lifts his arms up cops of course shoot him multiple times um but the thing about it is there's another white guy that john travolta just randomly hangs out with and he's like yo oh yeah yeah the guy that they tried to stash they tried to stash belafonte at his house he's like the um uh what quentin tarantino's character in pulp fiction but yeah obvious drug dealer an obvious drug user He's like, yo, uh, we should leave. You know, like, why do you care? Why do you care about this black man is basically what he's getting right. at. And right. John Travolta's dignity and pride. And no, man, we got to take this guy to a hospital, man. He's he can't. He's got to be the noble sacrifice. We got to take care of this guy, man. As bad as Harry Belafonte has been to him, he's a good person. And he's not going to let Harry Belafonte die. And so he summons the cops with his bullets and they come and of course they shoot him to death yeah and they, harry, shoot, they shoot him a million times harry belafonte gives him a wistful look of I'm i respect I, res- I respect you harry belafonte respects john travolta's and racism gets solved like murder. literally right yeah. there i have never been i've never experienced racism since 1995 and you know because of that look, because of that wink that he gives him. Look, man. Yo, fuck this movie, man. Yo, you me. White people are crazy. White people are crazy. This is wow. Oh wait, wait, wait. That the ending, the ending, the actual epilogue is the message. So 
So we'll get, hmm. we'll get that message dropped right Oh, here. I got you. I got Bel- you. Belafonte goes to Kelly Lynch's house after her, her husband's been shot a zillion times. Uh, hashtag, hashtag Lewis Pennock, you know, White Lives Matter. And goes to his house and brings her the actual money that he requested in a, in a like a little envelope. And Kelly more. Lynch. And more, and more. Yes, this should get you by. This should, you know, help whatever you need. And Kelly Lynch has too much dignity, has too much respect for herself. She refuses that money and tells him to shove it. That's the end of the movie. Hey! No, 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 no. The end of the movie is John Travolta's white son watching Harry Belafonte get into his car and drive off. And the implication is he's going to grow up to be just like his dad. Yeah. He hates he hates black people now. He hates black people now. What they did to his father. Fuck out of here, Cameron. Fuck. What is the what is the message of this movie? Don't what trust a- don't trust the producer of Pulp Fiction to have a hit every time, man. Like, goddamn. Don't know the last ten minutes of this movie. I have no idea. What I'm the movie supposed- just kind of fizzles out, by the way. Like the energy of the movie fizzles out. Yes. Also, 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 this is this is my biggest complaint about the whole movie. And we're not even reviewing it anymore. But the movie has the audacity outside of all the bullshit that you just watched over the last 89 minutes, 90 minutes. 89 minutes, this movie isn't even a full half hour and a half. This movie is boring. It is not even interesting. It's boring. It's extremely it's- boring. It's extremely it's heavy. Boring. It's, it's not boring. The script is obviously bad. It's so heavy-handed. And it's heavy-handed, and it doesn't even, like, ask the questions that it wants to ask. It tiptoes around the very questions it yes. wants to ask. And, but and circling back, though, again, what is the message of this movie? Because we're going we're gonna to move ahead a little bit into just, like, the critical reception and reaction to this film. This is so reminiscent of the Confederate show that, thank God, never got made. Never got made, thank God. Because it's the same thought experiment bullshit of like... I mean, it's it's the antebellum movie with Janelle Monae. It's that too, but that movie also is too timid to ask any of the actual questions. Well, it fizzles out before it becomes an actual interesting horror or sci-fi movie, whatever we're trying to do. Well, and and, and sidebar, I mean, that movie is clearly uh trying to be ooh, what's the octavia butler kindred that's the that's the book that i was thinking it's literally kindred it's literally the entire plot of kindred except they couldn't get the rights to kindred is what it feels like so they're just like what if we just just a hair off we tweak tweaked it yeah because kindred is basically a, a woman who goes literally goes back in time she's pulled back in time a uh, black woman who's married to a white man and she has to uh like keep her white ancestor alive uh who like eventually fathers like you know uh her like one of her great 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 like grandmothers uh and so she's kind of like caught in this position of like you know i I hate this person but like i can't in order for my existence yeah i have to keep him alive and she starts to that's fascinating. Yeah, it's a, you should read the book. It's great. Uh, but that's not what Antebellum was. You literally uh, explained to me like a book in like two sentences. And I was like, that <laughs> is fascinating and nuanced and interesting. And this movie has none of that. This Zero has, percent of it. This movie has none of that. Because look, if you're going to be 
this movie, right? If you're going to have a message, you need to have a for real actual me. message because you need to actually be able to tell me what the message is. That's what, why I'm like this white producer, whoever the fuck made this movie was able to just walk in a room and was like, what yeah. if the race worlds were switched? And they were like, give this guy all the money. Where's the money? Where's that's the- it. Just cut him a check for 7 million right now. Just cut no, him a check no. for 7 million. That's it. That's the whole thing is what if white and black people switch places? Switch. Uh, also, I have zero understanding and context of race, of black people, of, I guess, script writing and storytelling this, and this any of that. Is- look, 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 look. This is this is what makes me so angry about this movie because like I said before it's this 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 is what they think of us this is what they think right? black people are like this is what they think like it's a comical situation that we could just like fucking make a little thought piece on it a little experiment on it black people have money there are rich black people black people had money in 1995 black people there are white people who don't have money right there are poor white people there are People in the middle <laughs> who have some money, but not a lot. This movie basically is saying white, all white people are rich and are powerful. Rich and black people are broke and without Ign- ignorant and, and like ignorant. there's nothing, there's no in between. It's just literal black and white, literal like polar opposites. There is right. no kind of like middle ground. And which it actually paints exist. the racism a little like harder than it is in real life. Well, but, but what it does so, it, or this, it tries to, it tries to paint the racism like a little tougher than it is in real life. Well, so, like, this, drive the contrast home. It it does, but this is so. This is where I have the biggest gripe of this movie, and that is this is not racism, right? Like so many of these scenes, I was like, no. Right. John Travolta trying to get a job at a temp agency and can't because he's white, not racism. Racism is your name is Tawanda. You have a PhD and you can't get an interview. You can't get a job. Yeah. You can't get an interview. You can't get an interview. They will not look at your resume because your name is Tawanda. Racism, racism is Nicole Hannah Jones not getting tenure at UNC and then the rest of the world being like, fucking duh, she should get it. Yes. Racism is not a whatever is happening at his job on a regular basis. Racism is having to shrink yourself and code switch and go into a job for eight hours a day, knowing that at any point, if you act black in any visible way, shape or form, it will cost you your job. They're going to call HR on you. It'll you probably cost I mean? you your job. Yes. People have been fired for less all the time, every it, day. If you show any emotion, (laughs) justifiable anger, like you can't get mad, you can't get upset, you can't get exhausted, you can't get nothing. You have to be at a happy, you know, just like you have to be be, the whole goddamn time. Yes. Racism is being James Blake, the tennis player, multimillionaire standing outside of a hotel in a suit in New York and getting tackled by the NYPD because he quote unquote fit the description fit the profile like which what is the just fuck being was a that? black man like in racist- a suit in front of a hotel like yes you literally look like you should be there yes 
racism is is being a, a 13 14 year old kid leaving a hotel while a white woman runs up behind you claiming that you stole her phone assaults you and somehow you're in the wrong it's your problem <laughs> like that's what it is like all this stuff with the yeah. police the police are an omnipresent problem i'm yeah i'm I'm terrified of the police like when i go outside right. i'm constantly thinking i see a police car driving down the street i go to certain neighborhoods i'm like yo right. i'm sure the cops are around here somewhere doing something right uh you know so that's like it's such an omnipresent problem that like i'm almost not thinking about it because i'm just expecting it you know what yeah. i mean like i'm just like of course the cops like it's not even a surprise but so much of what racism is and how it works, racism is redlining. Racism is the history of the GI Bill. Racism is black. It's Wall so Street. many things. It's so <laughs> many things that this movie wasn't interested in trying to talk about. Yes. Because when you talk about racism, it is a fully nuanced system. And it that and we, it that has history. And this has, movie tried to plop you down in a random point in that history and explains nothing about no, it whatsoever. No, this movie just tried to act as if that history means absolutely nothing. And that racism but, is basically- but, but they would tell you, but they would tell you it does mean everything. Right. Like the director, the producer would tell you it does mean everything. Yet right. the movie itself, the message that you're trying to send is completely empty and banal. Yes. And so that's what's so frustrating. Like you're saying, this is a boring movie. This is a movie without any real actual point or message. And yet, you would not know any of these things if you read the audience reviews of this movie. So very quickly, I'm going to get into just some of the general reviews. Like when you go and you look up this movie, um, like it didn't get good reviews. People did not like this film at all. It was... No, of course and, not, because people have sense. People have eyes. Well, critically, it was panned, right? Critically, people were like, oh, this is bad, right? So, um, you know, if you if you look at a lot of the reviews on, like, Rotten Tomatoes, um, most of the, like, the critics are, like, basically saying something along the lines of what we're saying, right? Except the big difference is a lot of them were like, it was a good idea, or it's an interesting premise, which, again, I push back, is it? There will always be apologists. There will is always it, be apologists. Because very quickly going back to the Confederacy show, like what is interesting about if the South won the Civil War? Like what what about that thought experiment is intriguing? Like what what do you want to see? And what do you and what do you think you'll gain? What do you think society will gain from conversations about this? But those conversations are white people conversations because these are things they that are made, made for us. Yes, made for is, us. this movie is made for white people. That Confederacy show is going to be made for white people. I don't care that they tried to push those black people out in front as if this was their idea, because I don't believe that. I think they were just shields for Game of Thrones guys so that they didn't look crazy trying to get the show made. But there's nothing in those ideas that warrants a television program or a, a whole movie made about it that's like a dumb civics conversation that you have in your freshman year where you say i wonder what would have happened if and then you talk about it for five minutes and you realize there's really nothing to talk about because right. who gives a fuck about any of that shit so this whole premise of yeah but what if things were like this is 
tell me what things are first of all i mean like from the back of the box whatever the, the roles things are about to change like all of this like big dramatic verbiage that amounts to literally nothing in the actual Zero. film is so crazy because why like what is the point why are we doing this you know and, but to hear people talk about it it's something that people want to see people are like yo they should remake white man's burden there is literally comments in uh the youtube trailer where people are like yo jordan peele should remake this movie immediately because like it would be the great and it's like no he should not he has no he should better not things to fuck do. away from it he should stay he, the fuck away from it like key and peel should parody this movie but like jordan peele has so many better things to be doing with his life and time than trying to salvage whatever dumbass idea they had to try to make this movie because there's really absolutely no redeeming no value there's no yeah. value to this yes so no so this so these are some of the reviews um and this is part of the issue again when we talk about the way that these movies are received um, because even the reviews that are shitting on the movie go out of their way to kind of give some praise to either the actors or the idea or whatever. So this is uh, Stefan Holden from the New York times uh, back when this movie came out, were it not for John Travolta's big hearted portrayal of an unemployed white factory worker driven to commit a desperate act the movie would be an emotionally frozen exercise and cautious high-mindedness. Again, what are we talking about? Are so you talking about John Travolta's black scent? Yeah, my man thought this was a performance. I mean, it's a performance. It's just a god-awful one. It's a big-hearted portrayal, Cameron. He's really giving his all oh, to portray oh, the... The uh, New York Times thought like this movie had a redeeming savior. They thought that uh, John Travolta had the redeeming savior arc i guess but they didn't like the movie i think they gave the movie like two out of five stars uh uh mark savlov of the austin chronicle says so simple so broad a white man's burdens paint strokes that no realistic outside of the obvious mundane can be elicited and that's a real shame and again i ask why is that a shame what sh like what what version of this movie do you think could possibly exist that would be helpful entertaining at all or really doing anything that's gonna like the idea of changing hearts and minds through film and art and media there is validity to that in terms of like it starts discussion it gets people thinking about stuff but like those are like the best right like that's like those are films those are albums those are paintings those are things that are like very talented people thinking very highly and critically of the art that they're making and making it with intention. That's not what white man's burden is. No, no. It Uri is, Tang has more artistic intention than this piece of shit. Uh, yeah, no. Shout out to Booty Tang. Shout uh, out to Booty Tang. <laughs> uh, would you be surprised to know that on IMDb somehow this seems like a low score, but this seems very high a, for this movie. It's a high score for this movie on IMDb. It's, it's got a 5.3, which I would say, huh. Like the top 100, <laughs> the top 100 movies, like they start at 8.9. Yeah, so. They start at 8.9. I mean, it should be way less than that. On way Amazon, Amazon uh, it's like 300 something reviews, but it's got four and a half stars. 
the Google reviews, there's not many of them, but it is a 91% positive review. Uh, and listen oh, to... Sure you can't trust the internet. Listen to some of these reviews on IMDb and just around the internet. Uh, random IMDb review. This film is set in a rare alternative world where the African-Americans have all the power and, and wealth. What do you... What? What is... A rare alternative world where the African Why is it rare? I don't it know. It doesn't exist. I don't know what they're trying to say. It doesn't exist, but bam. I mean, I'm look. I'm angry you, now. I'm like angrier than I was when I watched the movie. If this person knows about alternative worlds where black people have all the power and wealth, can you tell me where to go? How do I get there? Can we all move there? Because black people will move there en masse. Black people will move there. Would love to see it. Um, Another IMDb review. And this is is a common trope throughout these reviews. Um, Speaking as an African-American female, white red flag already, uh, I understand that this movie was only meant to open my eyes to society's view of race roles of black and whites in America, clearly written by a white person. Black people do not identify themselves as openly African-American, like whatever this person is trying to say. Like, No, because I, I feel like they do. I feel like, uh, like apologist black people definitely have to like uh, make, make a caveat for everything that they say that's wild. Like as a black person, I don't know like why they, why people do the things that they do. Mm, this feels like it was written by a white person to me. I don't know. Hey man, I mean, uh, the internet that, be wild. That this movie was meant to open a black person's eyes to society's view of race roles of blacks and whites in America. You don't, you're, what, what, what are you doing in your life that you don't already know everything that this movie has to say? Getting her hair per, permed every <laughs> week. That's what she's doing. Mm. So this is a one-star review, but. It's very Umar of me. That was very Dr. Umar of me. I'm sorry. Listen to this one-star review on IMDb because this is wild. Well, I have nothing but the utmost respect for the actors in this crap movie. However, trying to make current American citizens guilty for the evil crimes of slavery that occurred over 100 years ago is just purely wrong. Joe Chimota is a... (laughs) That person voted against reparations. Oh, they're not done. John Travolta is a good to fair actor, and there are many other good actors in this movie. If we truly want to encourage better treatment of each other, the best way is not to talk endlessly about the evils of the past, but to encourage and promote and reward people for treating people fairly. The movie's concept isn't horrible. The execution is. There is no remote redeeming value to this movie. I'm very sorry to say that. I feel like that person's on the other end of like a violent you know, where they <laughs> assault their black neighbor. So come, come at me, bro. Come at me. Even the one star reviews of this movie are very racist. Uh, I, don't, <laughs> I don't understand what's happening here. This is another IMDb review where the title is Great Political Film, but you have to actually think. When I watched this in AP government, why are you doing that? After in, it was <laughs> after it was over and discussion AP began. Government, by the way. This is advanced placement government. This is not just like 301 or whatever the fuck. Yeah, I'd like, to, I'd like to talk to whoever's teacher this was. Uh, I was very surprised to find myself one of the two or three people in class who actually thought the film meant something. In my opinion, the magic of this movie comes in exactly there. It's over a huge number of people's heads. So apparently this movie is just too smart for most of us to get because we're not in AP government 
uh, I'm, fighting, I'm fighting the master class. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna go to the, I'll go to the principal's office on that. I'm going. I'm going. I'm going to the principal's office on that. I'm fighting him after class. If you go to Amazon, it's it gets worse. Uh, but one of the reviews says, "I remember seeing this movie as a kid, and I cannot believe my parents were letting me watch this. As an adult, I now know why. I grew up in a small white town, and I think my parents felt it important that I do not fall into those closed-minded ways of thinking so common in small white towns." Everyone is different. Yep. Jordan, like. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone is, it, it, this is like, this is one of those things that, you know, you like, you live your life, right? Yeah, you, yeah, you, yeah, yeah. You have a job, uh, you know, you ride the train every day, you ride the bus every day, you go to work, you go home, you like, you know, watch TV or whatever. Sure. Everyone else is doing that. There's, there's <laughs> 7 billion versions of that on the planet. There's 8 billion versions of that on the planet, Right. Yeah. Not everybody. I, I, I have to constantly remind myself every day that like we don't all think the same, even though they're like pretty obvious rights and wrongs in our world. Right. You sure. know, genocide is bad. Yeah. Um, uh, clean oxygen is good. Clean water is good. Right. Yeah. Not everybody believes that, though. Not everybody believes like. Like, like, like oxygen is good. Not everybody believes that you should drink water. There are people on this planet that go out of their way not to drink water because yeah. they don't fuck with water. You I know mean, who needs water? You know who needs water, Jordan? Who? Every fucking body. I mean, there's also people on this planet who don't wash their legs, so. Uh... <laughs> and that is the true white man's birth. Uh, speaking of that, um, some white lady on YouTube literally yesterday and the trailer for this said, this is the society we're looking at now. In the same comment section, uh, somebody who I'm sure is a listener to the show put, somehow Whitey is still the lead and hero of this movie, boo. <laughs> so, I mean. That's actually, that's, my, that's one of my bigger gripes with it. It's like, I mean, we talked about this earlier that even though this movie sets out to answer a question, whatever the fuck question they thought they were asked, they still get it wrong at the end of the day. And yeah. they enforce the racist tropes that already exist in our world. So it's like yeah. they didn't even do the experiment that they set out no. to do. They failed the experiment. No, they, they made... Failed experiments don't get to be made in the movies. You know they, what I mean? They made a literal white savior film out of a movie that's supposed to be about white people experiencing racism and prejudice racism. in the way that black people do. Because and they still couldn't get away from making it a white savior movie. He, John Travolta does, I guess, what no black person is brave enough to do, which is kidnap their boss and then die for them. Bam! Uh, Bam! <laughs> There's no movie... There's no movie. I mean, that's kind of um it's not even that movie. I was thinking John Q. Yeah. Where he kidnaps like the hospital. Yeah, but John Q is because they like, won't like yeah. give his son the surgery. Right. But like John Q actually makes sense as a John film. Q makes sense. I even saw that in the theater. Yeah, I mean, like the logistics of John Q don't make sense, but like I, I understand sure, what's happening. Right. And the logistics <laughs> of this movie don't make sense, but they actually like talk about the thing that they're trying to talk about 
Yeah, no, John Q is like, John Q is a Hollywood big production. Yeah, we're This gonna... is a Hollywood big production, fam. It's from the producer of the Academy Award winning Pulp Fiction, fam. Of No, of multiple Tarantino films. He produced Reservoir Dogs before this, and then he went yeah. on to produce all the Kill Bill movies. Um, so we need to talk about the featurette. But before we do that, one last one, review, user review, uh, which is on Rotten Tomatoes, which is probably my favorite of all of these uh thomas b says i like the concept however the role reversal of peoples didn't really work here it might have worked if it was the other way around <laughs> i can't tell if he's strolling or just racist I'm, I'm i don't exhausted. know <laughs> i'm exhausted i'm exhausted i'm exhausted <laughs> I'm exhausted. But, speaking of exhausted, let's talk about the featurette on this DVD because you have the people who made this movie really just going all in on how great of a movie this is, what they really did to solve racism. It's it is it is green book level of like dog, like we did it. Like, how can you not understand? They are really great... high-fiving each other. They're high-fiving each other on this So, one. Lawrence Everyone Bender. Everyone is. Yeah, Lawrence Bender is basically is the person who got this movie made because there's no way that I'm going to yeah. assume Desmond Nakano no. had any pull in getting John Travolta or any no, of these I bet, people. I bet he had the idea and, like, pitched it to Lawrence and, like, yeah, and Lawrence was like, bet, let me talk to I, my I my homie. Yeah, I'm going to talk to Tarantino. Tarantino's, like, you know, a band apart. Uh, company produced this movie uh and like you get this tarantino does not show up on this it's forever going to be a part of his yeah like thanked in the credits yeah in the special thanks section but tarantino did convince john travolta to make this movie and kelly lynch He, he convinced them both to be a part of it uh which i don't i really don't know what to make of any of that because seemingly he he was he was, like, he was it, he was certain enough that this movie needed to be made, but did not want to be associated with it, with it whatsoever. <laughs> At all. I mean, smartly so. Like I think he was like, this is probably gonna be bad, but let's see what it is. Like it's gonna be bad, but <laughs> why not? Yeah, I think it was I mean, like let me pull my good friend John into this. Yeah, I think his his thinking was like the one percent chance that this movie is great like i get all the credit like that's when i you know pull the ditty and i'm all in the video talking about you know how i believed in this movie from the start and like you know wow like look at these people like i'm, I'm so proud to be behind them uh but once he probably saw what was happening he was like nah uh oh lawrence i'm going through a tunnel i i can't uh <laughs> And just never uh, returned a phone call until he was like, yo, I got this movie Kill Bill. You want to, uh... or I think he did Jackie Brown too. So uh, yeah, he was like, I'm going to hit you on the next one, but don't talk to me about White Man's Ever again. But the featurette is like Lawrence Bender talking about how this movie is going to change the world, how this is like the perfect movie to solve racism. John Travolta talking about how his character is like, just like the quintessential every man character that's just 
like I, I you know what a, what a pleasure it was to play this role harry belafonte waxing poetic about you know like the the hard truths that this movie is going to confront people with and like why yeah. it's such a necessary movie to get made and you just after watching it you're like what were people sniffing on the set of this movie that they were lots of cocaine i mean it was 1995 there's a lot of cocaine involved it's just like the straight face that you were able to keep while saying that into a camera uh is like oscar worthy like i could Mm -hmm. not even begin to fix my face (laughs) to say anything like they said in the feature of the dvd to like it's it's unbelievable so it really is like that's really the whole thing with this podcast and with these movies is that the people making these movies they they don't get it like they don't understand in any conceivable way race to start but also just like they really think they're doing something like they They really really think think, like this is these are noble efforts these these are movies that are like need to be made and seen and like are gonna do things that no other movie can, can make yeah like it's just it's wild to really hear the sincerity in which they're they're talking about these films and so the money must have been crazy. The money must have been crazy for Harry Belafonte to even step the foot on the set. I don't get it. Let's go to our Caucasity rating system. Uh, I'm going to say the other two, but you already know that this movie is getting the top. Uh, is it, Cameron, the equivalent of shorts in the summer? Or shorts in the winter, sorry. Uh, is this movie shorts in the winter? Is this movie touching your hair? Or is this movie Taylor Swift's cover of September? <laughs> this movie is certainly, without a doubt, Taylor Swift's <laughs> cover of September. Just egregious. Yeah. Unnecessary. Yeah. And without merit or care about like anything that came before it. Well, and the feeling of we're doing black people better than black people are doing black people. Like I'm making this better by doing this. You Taylor know I mean? and Lawrence Bender had that. Comment <laughs> where they think they doing black people better than black people. And I have to say, yeah, they not, no, not in any conceivable not way. Not like, even in the slice. <laughs> I just, I, I can't begin. You, if you, can watch even what is on YouTube. It's not the whole movie. Don't watch the whole movie, but just watch any clip, like pull up any of the clips that are on any YouTube. Three minutes of John Travolta in this movie. You just need to hear him talk. You just need to hear him talk to really understand. Actually, literally, all you need to watch, because I, I, I do believe that the very last 15 minutes of this movie are online. Watch the last 15 minutes of this movie. That's really all you need to see. It is Beyond description and words, not even just how offensive and racist this movie is. I mean, Jordan, for but, real, you brought this movie into my life. I, I never knew it. I didn't even know it existed. That's the other thing is that a lot of people don't know that this movie was made. It's been scrubbed Pre- for a good reason. Right. I think that's it. Is like it, it came out in 95 
And then Travolta just kept on trucking, you know, made a bunch more hits, was super successful that he made After Earth, and people oh, yeah. are like, maybe this was a mistake. Battlefield uh, Earth. Battlefield Earth is uh, oh, that's discussing uh, that was also um, a mistake so, yeah yeah also uh, his mistake yeah yeah uh battlefield earth yeah that was when people were like mm, i don't know about this <laughs> Maybe we should. i mean that movie got dreadlocks in it that movie uh, got sci-fi dreadlocks so we can do that i mean uh, he, yeah your, your yeah. boy is messy your boy is messy Travolta has made some very questionable choices throughout his career all over his career man all over his career and like he's he's a good actor when i think you do what Tarantino did in Pulp he Fiction, which is like, he has a career. Yeah, you you have to direct him because this seems like more material. You have to give him material. Like, yeah, this seems this seems like him. This and the Fanatic, which is uh, a movie that he made, I think, a few years ago, which legit is directed by Fred Durst, the Fred Durst of Limp Biscuit made a movie starring john travolta it is arguably his worst performance next to white man's burden get Uh, me off the planet yo get me off this planet uh you want to know something else interesting lawrence bender of white man's burden fame also is producing uh the harder they fall the the um jimmy cliff movie uh no he uh no the uh the harder they fall which is gonna be like the upcoming uh oh no the the black uh superhero the black uh western yeah that's him he's doing that too but so everybody's in that movie though yeah two sides of the coin i mean like you really think like wow like everybody makes mistakes but um, yeah how, how could he uh come from this to that like who knows who knows uh oh fuck so this is usually the, the the part of the podcast where we're gonna try to remake this movie, but I'm gonna say no. I'm gonna. Yeah, and I was that, actually gonna tell you the same. I was gonna be like, no. Yeah, it doesn't the, need to exist. In the words of Pootie Tang, I'm gonna say the nay no. This does not need to be even I'm thought have to say about. No, my brother. I I don't think this movie needs to be considered at all in any way, no. shape, or form. There's nothing that needs to happen with this movie except for it to be buried for all time and nobody. Yeah. What do to... I do with this copy? Do we bury it? Do I bury it in? I don't know. I think hopefully a, a terrible, disgusting fruit tree grows from it. Uh, well, you know, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be up in New York, uh, not too long from now. I say we uh do like we get some sage, right? And then yep. we go like full office space and just like, yeah, destroy Burn that stuff. bitch in the parking lot. Yeah, so we'll we'll do that. That'll be uh, content for <laughs> the show <laughs> where we we uh, literally oh, eliminate white man's burden. Yes, uh, there you go. That's what we do. That's what we do with this section. We burn it. We destroy it. We're gonna we're gonna get this out of here. Get this out of the paint. Um, but if we're talking about movies that you should watch instead, this is interesting because the 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 swap the inversion is actually a popular trope in the sense that there are plenty of movies where white people become black people or black people become white people in some kind of freaky friday body swap situation or and my favorite the thing with two heads there's just a white person's head on a black man's body oh my god have you ever seen you've seen that you watched it I haven't seen the whole thing. I've seen parts of it and it's absurd, but <laughs> um, 
I would say watch just watch Watermelon Man instead. Like oh yeah, yeah. That's better. Or uh watch Putney Swope. Putney Swope is also good. Putney Swope like, a, a really good and nuanced satire of this kind of situation. I want to say there was another one uh where there was one where a white person becomes a black person because there's there's black like me which is uh yeah that's the (laughs) yeah black like me is a movie where um it's based on like the actual reportings of this journalist who for real for real like just painted himself black (laughs) and was black for i don't know how long uh like well, because I think he went into the South and like yeah, and Andy uh, Murphy made a made a sketch of it on SNL. Yeah, white like me, which he is very famous for. Um, which was just a very like strange. I mean, white people crazy. White people do crazy yeah, things. Yeah, white people be crazy. Really, literally, you could watch anything, and it's better than this movie. Yeah, uh, this is the bottom of the barrel. This is yeah. one of the worst movies that exists on our earth. Yeah, I I mean I can't I really cannot stress actually doing like harm. Yeah, I can't stress not even just how bad this movie is, but to reiterate, it's boring, uh, and it's just empty, you know. And every the only reason to watch it, which is not a reason to watch it, is to hear John Travolta's black scent. Like that's really the only yeah, thing. That's really the only thing you're gonna get out of it. That came and out you're of still this gonna movie. get angry at that. Oh, you're going to get super pissed off. I mean, I, I, you know, if I didn't have to watch this movie to do this show, I yeah. would not have watched more than the wouldn't first happen. I would have never seen this. I would have never seen this. Um, so, yeah, I think I think this is where we're going to wrap it up. Um, Cameron, let the people know what you have going on in the world. Uh, I'm still making cooking videos with McCormick Spice. Yeah. So you like uh, spicy videos? Head on over to uh, McCormick Flavor Makers on YouTube. Nice. Uh, and for that matter, check out my sketch comedy group, To Karen With Love, on the internet. We make videos. Uh, and where can we find you on the internet? You can find me at The Blipster on Twitter or The Blipster 1138 on Instagram. Nice. Uh, and I'm Jordan Clark. I make comics. You can find them on the internet uh you can find them uh on comiXology um and got more stuff coming up soon so i'll I'll keep you all posted there but if you do and you should uh want to interact with us and uh send in your feedback if you've watched these movies and you want to tell us how you feel about them you paid a hundred dollars for your copy of white man's burden please tell us that experience um tell us about how you're going to get your reparations as a result of (laughs) I want to hear about that. Or if how are you going to destroy your copy like like we will? Um, yeah, let's get together. Let's all get together and burn our copies. Yeah, uh, have a party. But yeah, if you if you want to give us some feedback, if you want to suggest movies that we should watch, um, or you know even pitch us your own revisions of some of the movies that we've talked about, uh, you can get in touch with us at uh, White People Won't Save You Pod at Gmail, uh, and then we're also on Twitter at White Underscore Pod. Uh, you can find us there. Uh, and yeah, we'll be doing, 
I can't say what movie we're going to do next because uh, we've got a few uh, that we're thinking about, but we'll definitely mm-hmm. be back uh, coming next week with just more more of this caucasity that just will never <laughs> end. It never it never ends, Cameron. Hey, hey uh, man, I got a wife and kids, man. I got, uh, a wife. I got a wife and kids, man. We can't, we can't do this to us, man. Oh, God. Uh, yeah, we'll catch you next time. Peace. <laughs> Peace. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved.